Welcome to my podcast where I talk about all things related to money, mindset, finance, business, and investing. My name is Royston Kambabachi, qualified accountant with over 30 years' experience in finance and business. Coming from a very humble background, I have continuously challenged the assumptions and the expectations of what I'm capable of achieving for myself and others. Over the years, I've helped hundreds of entrepreneurs to decipher finance and to make more money and to run highly successful businesses. On this podcast, I will share with you tips, strategies, techniques, and tools that you can use to make more money, manage money better, and to maximize your success. Welcome back to the podcast. Uh, we're just 25 days to go for Christmas, you know. I uh, just passed uh, by earlier and I see my neighbor has already started decorating, you know. It's one of these times, you know, when people get really merry, really happy. I think it's the other time, apart from summer, you know, when people start to get a good feeling, you know. Even if it's winter time here in the UK, get the feeling of Christmas is good, you know. Even with, obviously, uh, the coronavirus being around still and uh, lockdown is uh, still sort of pending, you know. Um, just this feeling of Christmas coming, it's kind of, I guess, different Christmas this year, but people still get a bit of joy, a bit of happiness, you know. Obviously, the virus uh, may be uh, sort of seen as the last days in terms of vaccines being announced. Uh, so, yeah, I think it's time to sort of looking ahead, you know. One of the big things I want to ask you is that, you know, throughout this uh, period, throughout this 2020, throughout this lockdown, throughout this virus period, what have you done to prepare for the future? You know, have you been sort of just sitting there and living in fear that this thing will last forever and you, you will never have rebound? Or have you really been taking actions, you know, uh, to have a better future, a brighter future? Because the one thing I said on my previous podcast, and I always say, nothing lasts forever, you know, there's always seasons. There's always summer, there's always winter, you know, there's always dark, there's always daylight. You know, I said this before as well. After the darkest hour of the night, you know, uh, starts the daylight. So I hope for you, uh, if you've had a really bad time, if you've had a difficult time during this uh, few months this year, I hope that a brighter day will come for you. No, as it comes towards uh, Christmas, you know, one of the things that people do is that they spend a lot of money. So in this episode, I want to talk to you about how do you control your money? Because I feel it's necessary to control your money to grow your money. You see, look, whether you are individual, a company, organization, you know, you, you can have a financial plan, which I talked about in my last episode. But without controlling your money, financial plan will go to tits, you know what I mean? Basically, it will not achieve your objectives. You must control your money. So it's very, very important. It Maybe it's a common term that you've heard in business. Of course, as a business owner, you may, you may have a financial controller um, or you may be just be a controller. And what, what exactly does that mean to control your money? Well, the basic way I actually see it, if you take financial control, there's two words, right? Finances. I think we, we know what finances. Finances is basically money. I don't know. It can also be a financial industry, anything to do with money, anything to do surrounding money, right? Um, the services around money, um, you know, mortgages, investments, 
loans, credit cards, all these are just finances, you know, the pure term of finance is obviously financing something, like you take something on credit, right? But control is having the power, influence, to supervise, you know, to direct something, you know, so you can achieve a, a specific outcome. So when you put the two together, I hope you get a good idea of what financial control means. It means that you have to have necessary policies, controls, uh, I use controls again, systems, tools, you know what I mean? procedures to control your money you see because controlling your money is not just for business right controlling money is also very applicable uh, for families you know and when you think about the like you know a family situation husband and wife or husband and wife and two kids you know who controls the money who controls the money in your home oftentimes uh i don't know both husband and wife controls the money sometimes it's a joint account you know i remember in, in caribbean families i know i'm not sure what happens uh, so much now but i know that you know the man used to have to make the money and bring it home to the woman you know and then she runs the home she controls the money um he earns the money i guess things have changed you know with both men and women making money. So they both control the money. Uh, sometimes they have a joint account and then they, each person might have a certain amount of free money for themselves and then there's the family money. In some families, I guess, the man takes control of the money. You know, he's like, he sees himself as the money man. He in charge of the money in the house. And the woman, I guess, pays, she, she makes the money and she looks after the kids. There are different scenarios. But in business, who controls the money? Well, really and truly, you have to have an accountant, a financial controller, you know. And um, But at the real responsibility for controlling the money, it's the owners, it's the managers, it's the, it's the people who run the business. Because even if you have outsourced your accounting services the control of your finances is your responsibility and in big companies that i've worked for uh they all have boards and committees you know whether it's a financial committee there's an investment committee there's a board meeting where they sit around the table and they, they, they want to see kpis they want to see mi they want to see information you know they want to see financial statements they want to see you know exactly how how we spent the money you know like a cash flow statement reconciling you know what money came in what money went out these are just different ways so a financial controller uh, which is a role in a business it's really the person who is responsible for making sure that the financial data financial information is accurate is correct he that that there is no fraud is also responsible for making sure that you know the expenses are controlled making sure that obviously you know, the income, the investments are, are as they should be in the sense of based on the business strategies so as to optimize the business profits. I, when, I say, when I say optimize here, I mean in the most tax efficient manner, right? Because at the most basic level, financial control, as I said earlier, are the policies, processes and procedures by which a company allocates, monitors and controls the usage of its financial resources. These are all obviously funds or assets, etc. right? So when let's look at some real life examples of control. What controller, you know, you think about a remote control or, or you're playing a game, you have a controller, yes? And when you say remote control, right? You, you want to flick the TV channel. You have to, the person with the control normally can change the channel. If you're in a family situation, person who has the control can flick and choose and decide which channel to use. If you play a game and you have the controller, you know, if the controller doesn't work, if something goes faulty in the controller, you just can't control the game. And sometimes in business, people can actually uh, not be controlling their finances because 
They don't have a controller. You know, they don't have a controller. They don't have the system, the processes, the tools to control their finances. And eventually they find that they're making losses. And I wonder why are we making losses? Well, the reason why we're making losses in business is because you're not controlling your finances. It's that simple. Of course, it, it it's linked to the operational aspects of the business, yeah? To make sure that obviously, you know, your products are obviously adding value to customers your products are what customers are demand your customers are, are, are happy to buy your products and services they are the right prices ultimately i'm talking about once you start to make money you have to control how you spend the money in order to keep money they always say this is never how much you make it's how much you keep but another way to actually look at it is that you can always control you know, um, your expenses. You can always control your expenses, but you might need multiple sources of income. Yes, because sometimes you, you know your expenses are sort of fixed. You can't really do much about it. Um, but your your income is the one that you should really try and to to maximize. So I'll be giving you some tips and tricks as well of how you can go about to have multiple sources of, of income. Right? Look to control your finances. Uh, you really have to look at your cash flow in in. From my perspective, yeah, you have to get your cash flow. Why say your cash flow? Because first of all, I mentioned multiple streams of income. You want to make sure that you know you're hitting that income goal. You know, if you're a family, if if you're an individual, right, or you're a family, whatever whoever you are, person, if you have a certain set amount of expenses you have to eat, you have to live, you know, you have to travel. So these expenses are normally fixed. But if you want to then buy stuff, if you want to buy a home, if you want to invest. You have to normally try to increase your income. Of course, you can reduce your expenses, but by having multiple streams of income is one of the ways to really have more disposable income. That is, after you pay out all the things that you must pay, you have more money left over to say to at your disposal, disposable income. The next thing you can do to control your finances, obviously, expenses, or we call it cost control. Because with expenses, you can shop around. You know, in business, you can literally shop around. You can, you know, look at suppliers and look at, you know, cost versus quality and, you know, look at, see how you can minimize your production cost, whether it's labor cost, whether it's direct materials cost. You can, um, if you have some uh, indirect costs as well, you can really try and minimize those, you know, I mean, even your overheads, you know, your rent. I mean, I remember I was doing a cash flow forecast for uh, a lady earlier this year, and she was already turning over um, 2,000, 250,000, sorry. And she's looking to turn over um, well over 3 million this year. So like, that's really like ramping up her, her, her business, even in these times, you know, and basically one of the things that she was doing was moving office, you know, moving office to see how she can control uh, her expenses. As a matter of fact, even myself right now, I am looking at ways, you know, how to control my expenses, my odd flow, right? Because obviously income, as I look to grow my business and expand my business in 2021, um, income obviously uh, is kind of taking a nose dive from previous year the way I made money, but I expect it to ramp up next year. So I'm also looking at ways to control your expenses. And one of the things you have to look at sometimes, you know, is, you know, your living expenses, right? So that's one of the things that I'm looking at right now, you know what I mean? To make a sacrifice on that so that I can really have the future that I really truly deserve. Um, and next thing is, is to control your money is have access to money. Because sometimes you have, as I said earlier in my previous podcast, you have to borrow money. So to borrow money, you're going to want to have a good credit rating. You're going to want to have access to money, you know. 
And that's one of the things I really mastered. That, you know, that's why I call myself a master of money management. It's not just having money that matters. It's having access to money, you know, having a good credit rating, yes, but having good credit lines, you know, where you already have a pre-agreement with credit lenders to draw down money anytime you so desire. Obviously, a credit card is, is, is the most common way of doing that. But in business, you can have lines of credits. You can have overdrafts. You know what I mean? You, you have different ways in which you can access money at any point in time, right? That's access to money. Of course, if you have assets as well, you can obviously sell your assets to get money. And obviously, there are different kind of assets, fixed assets, current assets. The ones that are current are more easier to sell and convert into money. I covered that as well uh, in previous uh, podcasts. Now, let's look at some of the, the main financial control frameworks. You know, look, I have worked as a financial controller. I work as a finance manager. I work with big companies. I work on something called FRCF, Financial Reporting Control Framework. At the heart of it, what we use something called Sabins-Oxley. I'm not going to go into the technicalities of that right now. It's a control framework. It has two main aspects, really. Talk about design adequacy, make sure your controls are adequately designed. Obviously, control effectiveness, make sure the controls are operating as the way they intend to operate. And you can test for that, right? But from a layman perspective, I think there are three main areas, three broad areas that you can look at to control your finances. And one is what I call resources management. Are you being resourceful? Yeah. Are you using the resources that you have effectively yeah, to achieve your organizational goals. And those resources, as you know, could be financial resources, i.e. money or assets. They can be people or human skills. They can be production resources, equipments. Obviously, data and information as well is also very important because companies these days, if you look at supermarkets, etc., one thing that they do, uh, even, even social media, they leverage data. They look at what we are doing and they target us with that, you know. That is how they're being resourceful, you see. They're putting in front of us things that they know will appeal to our emotion. Because one of the things uh, with building wealth is to control your emotions. But what do these people do? They try to, they try to have control of our emotions by making us want to do impulse buying. So they put stuff in front of us, you see. So one, all I'm saying here is that you can also control your data. You can, you, you can be resourceful with your data. Are you reviewing your bank statements? Are you reviewing year on year how are you spending money? Are you looking at how much money, say, for example, what the, what's the, the interest rate on your mortgage? Are you analyzing, okay, if I pay down some extra money on my mortgage, how much years will that take off um, my my interest or, or, or my mortgage as a whole, you know, that's just leveraging data, using data. So I'm saying you have to be resourceful, you know, you have to manage your resources to control your finances. And next one I said earlier, which is around um, design adequacy. Yes. And design adequacy is basically, it's a measure of how well, you know, a system or, or that you've designed, you know, is functioning. And that system is obviously designed to control your money, right? So, for example, it might be an automatic bank reconciliation, for example, yeah? Or it might be that you've set up a system to, to, to email you 
when your bank account hits zero. So you never go overdrawn and pay interest. But if your bank account keeps going overdrawn and you never get the email, it means that that system is not designed adequately. Yeah. And therefore it fails that control test, you know. And next one is what they call operating effectiveness. Yeah. And this is the capability of your company or business to deliver products and services to its customers in the most cost effective manner. Yeah. Obviously, whilst ensuring quality of the products and services. Yeah. So big companies I've worked for, um, I don't know, one of the last companies I worked for, let's say, was State Street Bank. And they obviously provide a number of services to other financial services companies. Yeah. Let's say, for example, they work for Lloyds Banking Group, which they've also worked for in the past. And here, what I do is that they do fund accounting. And fund accounting every day, you have to strike the NAV. The NAV is the net asset value of the fund. Yes. And if, if there's an error in that fund, it can impact the prices at which investors invest. I hope that makes sense to you. Because if effectively, people are buying and selling all the time. There's operational expenses every day. So the net asset value is like the balance sheet value of the asset. Yeah. And again, they, they strike a, a unit price for the asset. Maybe I do a podcast on this in the future on more investing and shares and, and unit trust, etc. But at a very high level, what I'm saying is that they are basically the outsource operations of the bank. And they have some controls in place to make sure that the NAV is struck at the right price. It's accurate. And to do that, they have a number of systems in place. You see what I'm saying? Because effectively, the customer here is the bank. And they have to deliver the NAV to them in the most uh, cost-effective way. So what? instead of having people, human beings, checking things um, all the time, they're going to have some controls. They're going to have some systems. They're going to have some things that they can just upload data and do reconciliations, check yesterday's data, today's data, any variances and all that kind of stuff. And I'm saying in business, in your business, you should be doing the same thing. You should be looking at last month data versus last year's data and seeing what's different, what has changed, and why has it changed? Is there an anomaly? What can you adjust? You see, these are just ways to be have to be operationally effective. Most of the times, you have to leverage systems, yeah, to be operationally effective. So hope that makes sense. I just give you three broad frameworks which you can use to control your money in business, um, as well as as an individual. One is resource management, and basically, resource management is kind of making sure that you know that your resources are contributing to your profits. And by the way, with, with assets, I think I gave you this ratio before. You can always have something like you know your asset to sales uh, contribution ratio. Yes where basically you look at your assets, yeah, and you kind of compare that to your sales year on year or, or time on time. And then you said, if you're increasing assets, is it increasing sales? Okay. So therefore, if you add in equipment to your business or you add in stuff to your business, you add in resources to your business, you add in people to your business, are those people contributing to sales? Yes. And you can just divide one by the other. So for example, you can take the sales number and divide it by the number of people and year on year to see as you have added people, has those people that you added contributed more or less to your sales, okay? These are just some little ratios here for you. And design adequacy. In business, you want to control your finances. 
You want to make sure you have budgets. You want to make sure you have forecasting. You want to make sure you, you monitor your actuals against your forecast. And you can use systems for this, yes? And you can have certain tolerances, as I said earlier, in the case of checking if your bank account hit zero. But you can also have tolerances to say, if anything uh, is greater, any expense is greater than 5% than the budget, I want to know. I want to flag this up as red, and then you can go and review it. That is basically where you're designing a control. You have to then check that the control is designed adequately, yes? Then operational effectiveness is basically having the most cost-effective way to meet your customer's requirements. You know, if you're doing a service, if you're doing a product, it's having the most cost-effective way, obviously the most controlled way as well to do that. So operational effectiveness is saying, again, is that system operationally effective is it actually eliminating all the control issues because here's the thing the, the whole issue with control is to minimize risk or to eliminate risks so in business yeah you have what are called risk management and this whole aspect of controls is to eliminate risks to make sure that you are in a basically at a level where you can tolerate the risk yeah I might do a podcast again on risk management. But I was talking about controlling finances today. Now, risk management and financial control goes hand in hand because if you don't control your risks, then you can basically make a lot of financial losses, yeah? It's a very deep area. You can see I kind of uh, kind of went outside the, the realm of like pure financial control here. But as a financial controller, that's what you do. You also manage the financial risk of the business, Yeah. You look and see, for example, where is it that uh, the business might incur financial losses? And in some cases, you have to put in insurance uh, to protect these things. But you can also put in controls, yeah, financial controls to minimize the losses that the business might face. I can't go into the integrities of, of all of this today, but I just want to give you a nutshell. Obviously, as I said, as an experienced financial controller is one of the things I do is one of the things that I've done is to control the finance of organizations, is to control how they spend money, is to look at the budgets, is to look at the actuals, to have the various analysis, and to really help them to be cost effective. You know what I mean? To run the organization in a cost effective manner to make sure that they achieve the objectives. Yes? But I can't go into this into, into all the nitty gritties because I'll be here all night. So let me leave you with five tips of how you as an individual, can control your finances. Number one, you must have a money-conscious mindset. You must be aware of what you're spending. You see, some people will say, for example, you know, cut out, you know, the expensive things, right? I'm not saying cut out the expensive thing. You know, if, if you like to have a three-course breakfast, have a three-course breakfast. You know, I'm not saying to you just, you know, have peanut butter and toast the rest of your life just to save money to buy a house. I'm not saying that but be conscious. Understand the opportunity cost of money. And what is opportunity cost? It's basically, if you decide to have a three-course breakfast, the amount of money that you spend on that breakfast, what could you do with the extra money if you save money on your food bill, for example? Yeah? What can you channel that money towards? You know what I mean? So opportunity cost, I believe, is, you know, it's kind of the cost loss, or sorry, the opportunity lost minus the opportunity gained, you understand? And obviously, sometimes opportunity loss is greater than the opportunity gained, yeah? So be money conscious, you know? And be money conscious means 
have a have a budget have a budget so you understand month on month how you're spending your money every podcast i'm, I'm, I'm going to say i have a budget because a lot of people they want to save money they want to invest money they want to have more money but they don't track their money you might be surprised to know that most if not all the rich people they track their money there are a number of apps to track your money if you haven't got my book uh, money management for entrepreneurs and business owners do send me an email roy at mmedu.co.uk i'll ping you this book it's also on amazon as well uh you can just get it uh, i think it's quite well it's really cheap to be quite honest uh, for what it is there's a lot of value in it and you can get it on on amazon and obviously this is money management for businesses and entrepreneurs it's also very very good for individuals families as well Next, second thing to really control your finances is have a plan to get out of debt. We all know that debt is, is a cost of debt. You know, there's a cost of debt. It's called interest. Yeah. And you have to have a plan to come out of debt because the faster you come out of debt is the more you save on interest. You know, I've been looking at one of my mortgages I have, you know, I've obviously I have a few properties and I've been looking at my mortgage and I've been like realizing, ah, look. So half of the money I'm paying, you know, because obviously it's a capital repayment mortgage in this particular instance, half of the money I'm paying is going in interest. So I've actually had to come up with a plan to say, right, in a, in a year or so, I'm going to completely clear that debt. And you might be surprised to know how much money I'm going to save, a few hundred thousands. You know what I mean? So have a plan of the debt, whether it's a credit card debt, whether it's a car loan debt, whether whatever debt it is, have a plan to get out of debt. One of the strategies that I have used uh, to clear down mortgages uh, is basically whenever I remortgage, I always re reduce the years. I reduce, so you keep the mortgage the same and you reduce the years. Because the first property I bought in the UK, uh, I was quite impressed. You know, that after 14 years, I was almost like mortgage free. You know, but obviously, I realized that equity is dead money. So obviously I, I, I used equity and I leveraged equity to buy more properties and stuff, right? I might do a whole podcast on property investing. Oh, a lot of ideas are coming out from this uh, podcast today. Um, but have a plan to, to clear your debt down, yes? And of course, in business, you should only be using debt predominantly to buy assets. And those assets should be using to give you multiple streams of income. Number three, allocate monies to different pots, you know? There's different pots, right? And um, in Tony Robbins' book, Money the Game, you talk about different pots, you know. Um, I might do a podcast on that one day again. You know, whether it's obviously, you know, your, your retirement pot or whether it's like, you know, your, I don't know, your rainy day bucket, you know, whatever it is, you have different pots, right? But here I'm talking about my profit-first system. It, whenever you make money in business specifically, what you want to do is that you want to allocate a certain amount of expenses, a certain amount to profit for reinvestment, a certain amount to pay yourself, etc. And same as an individual, you want to have different pots. You know, whether you know you have the 10% pot for tithing or giving to charity or just giving to family. You know, you have the 40% pot for paying your expenses, including your mortgages, etc. You know, you have the 20% pot for uh, you know for, for saving for retirement and you have, you know, the next, whatever, 40, 20, 60, or whatever that is, 70, the 30% pot for whatever else you want to um, do with it, right? Well, that's saving for children education. 
So I look at multiple different parts. You can speak to a, a, an accountant like myself, or you can speak to an investment advisor to, to find out about different parts. You can allocate money to or the profit first system. The next thing you want to do is invest for the future. One of the most significant ways to grow your money is to invest. Yeah, and investing, uh, how you grow your money is something called compound interest. Because the income that you make on your investment makes income. Yes, yeah, so the money compounds, the money grows over time. Um, maybe in the, in the, another podcast. I think I've got about seven podcast ideas from this one podcast today. And the last one, probably one I like the most, create multiple streams of income. I think if you listen to this podcast and you're in where, where, wherever you are, whether you're employed, whether you're a company man, whether you're a business owner, a small business owner, self-employed, whether you're a millionaire, whoever you are, I'm sure you would agree having multiple streams of income is a nice thing. Don't depend on one single source income because sometimes that source can dry up. Yeah, so you want to have multiple streams of income. And again, there are strategies to have multiple streams of income. So I want to leave you with this. I want to say control your money or your money will control you. So I hope you enjoy uh, this uh, episode. I got a lot of ideas for future podcast that I can put out. And so keep tuned, keep listening. If you haven't subscribed yet, do subscribe and do send me uh, any sort of comments as well. And do follow me. Thank you very much. Until next time, this is Royston Andrew Cumberbatch. Bye-bye. Thank you very much for listening to my podcast. I hope you enjoyed the show. You can find out more about me by Googling my name, Royston Cumberbatch. I'm on all the social media, Facebook, Instagram and LinkedIn. You can find me on YouTube as Roy Cumberbatch. And if you are listening on YouTube, please hit that uh, subscribe button. Or you can find me on my website at www.rackmac.com. That's R-A-C-M-A-C-S dot com. It'd be great to hear from you. And do feel free to tell me about any topics you want me to cover on future episodes. Until next time, be good to yourself and others. Keep positive and reaching for your financial goals. Bye-bye.